Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Nicole VZ, and you know everything. I don't actually think I've done an intro on my episodes. I've been recording so many interviews and just so many different things have been going on. I just skip to the just skip to the good stuff. If you've ever talked to me on the telephone, you know I also tend to skip the pleasantries, including the hellos and goodbyes. Today is very much inspired by the meltdown that, I mean, really the dumpster fire that's been the last couple of years, but the meltdown that occurred in crypto in the last week. If you're listening to this, I am recording this on November 13th, 2022. And I'm sure there'll be some like super catchy fucking hashtag on trend name that comes out about what happened with FTX and the contagion that is now um, spreading throughout the universe. And so many different things for me are happening. And I want to start this episode with just a little bit of housekeeping. I'm sure that if you've ever hosted an event, that phrase drives you banana bonkers. But I have been making a ton of shifts behind the scene. And to me, it's really interesting. I always say I embrace change. I pivot on a dime. I tend to be constantly navigating these really tumultuous waters of entrepreneurship and leadership and business ownership and investment and also like personal life and family life. I kind of built this this lifestyle that really allows me to be very proactive when it comes to change. And I recognize that not everyone has that agency, that privilege, that freedom, that people aren't wired the same way that I am. And I and noticing my ability to both do that and to then also guide people through and facilitate change in their experience and their business and their lives. That we all operate very, very differently. And the whole point is to find your blueprint for success, the way that you work best. That also just so happens to be one of my superpowers. That said, in these moments of fundamental shift, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm like seeing like the, did you guys ever watch The Land Before Time? <laughs> Um, Sarah, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. No, not Tyrannosaurus, Triceratops. My bad. Another T dinosaur. Um, I don't think it was P- Petrie, the Brontosaurus. Anyhow, um, like the tectonic plates shifting. That's what I was looking for. These tectonic shifts that it feels like the ground has completely like collapsed beneath you. I personally get off on these moments because then everyone gets to deal with change the way that I see it as something that is inevitable. It's happening. It's right now. You cannot avoid it. You cannot ignore it. And we all get to do this dance together because again, like the ground just keeps moving beneath us. And that means we're dancing. (laughs) We could look at it like falling over. We could look at it like stepping on each other's toes, but it's not just how you frame it. It's it's how you feel about it. It's, it's how you move through it. So I wanted to specifically address something I thought I had actually gone over, but I went through all of my podcast episodes and I went through all of my recent blogs. And by recent, I mean like the last two years. And it turns out I haven't specifically addressed what I refer to as the exit strategy. And I have a pretty thorough way of evaluating, is it time to actually walk away? And is this the end? And in doing that, do I get to create a new beginning? I've talked about perseverance. I've talked about pivoting. I've talked about the dip. That was um, episode 42. I'll link to it in the show notes. 
I have also talked about failure. That was my most recent episode because we so often believe that the end is bad. I wrote a blog on that called The End of Unhappy Endings or something to that effect. Again, links in show notes. The thing is, is that we're constantly in this cycle of change. There's also an episode on that, right? So like I keep kind of like hovering around this issue that like every now and again, it's just the fucking end. And that can actually be awesome. Ends give you the space and the capacity for new beginnings. Ends give you this opportunity to harvest and look back and ask yourself, what have I learned? What might I do differently if I got the opportunity to do it again? And I really want to dial into this particular process because the thing is, is, and this is what I talk a lot about in the cycle of change, everything is constantly beginning, scaling, sustaining, and then ending. And when we're looking for our own individual signs for like, okay, this is actually maturation to completion, not just a tough time, not just a reevaluation or a revamp or an iteration and improvement moment, but like we're done now. Right. And so there's a few things I'm done with. And from the surface, it's probably like letting all of this shit percolate inside of my head. And then all of a sudden these tectonic shifts seem to occur from the outside. I want to get really fucking messy with you. So in the discord container, the free community, I'm going to be sharing, like, I think probably what most people use social media for. I think that's another big shift that's happening, not just for me, but for everyone. Social media has now become this platform truly, truly for showcasing and selling. And and I have no judgment around that. I think I've had a lot of judgment around that. But the tension that I've personally been feeling is that by the time it gets to social media, there needs to be a certain degree of polish and intention and purpose. And that's always been the case. But I think it's just becoming much more transparent, especially the way these big platforms are working. They get their revenue from advertising. And they get their revenue not from usership or content creation, but from what happens next. And therefore, in order to be successful on these platforms, it does take a level of execution that has been very challenging for me to always wrap my head around because I'm messy. I'm messy as fuck. I make mistakes publicly all the time in business and execution and strategy. And so like this idea that things need to look a certain way or sound a certain way or have a certain, a certain degree of like connection has just kind of kept me from being able to really produce in real time. So I'm going to be doing that in the discord container. Now I'm in the process of launching two new businesses. One's already gone out the door. One is in It's like, I'm trademarking the term. I've got the team together and I keep like, you know, wanting to get everything perfect before I share it with you. But that's not the point, right? Like, how are you going to learn? How am I going to learn if I just keep everything, you know, in the war room until it's ready to to go? So in the discord container, please join me, join the other brave, courageous, visionary trailblazers and rule breakers who are, who are attempting to create the new business. I'm so tempted to say the new business model, but here's the thing. There will not be one model. There will not be one right way. There never actually has been, but no longer will we just be applying strategy and systems to copy what else has been done. And so I 
I'm creating this container, this Petri dish so that we can all experiment and we can all test and we can get messy together. Like I see that the kindergarten teacher and Billy Madison, just like painting face painting, <laughs> like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a little high on the fumes. We're going to eat some toxic substances and we're going to come out the other side, wiser, braver, and more resourced so that we can better discern what works best for me, what works best for you, what works best for us. And when things stop working as well as they could, like, what does that actually mean? So again, link in show notes, please join the container. I have so many fun little things coming out as well. So I will forever and always adore my one-to-one coaching clients, the leaders that are bravely stepping forth, their vision, creating their dreams by challenging the way reality shows up. And that's kind of what this episode is all about is like, how can you challenge the status quo? Because there will forever be risk and cost in change. That's why we don't make the change. That's why we beat a dead horse. Like I vegetarian for almost my whole life, but like, man, well, I've beat a horse to the point where like the zombie resurrection occurs. And now I'm riding this like a night walker, like storming the fucking wall. And it's just, um, yeah, it's not cool. And I continue to get better and better at my own boundaries and my own understanding of like, when is this time to just simply go? So I'm going to walk through that approach, that mindset with you. I hope to give you some really amazing tools today so that you can plan your exit strategy. And then also just in this continual process of change, know what feels like the end instead of a time to take a break, a time to try something new, a time to learn and iterate and improve. I've been having that conversation a lot this week. What's the difference between it's time to walk away or it's time to try again? It's very subtle and it's nuanced. But when you learn that feeling in yourself, you will forever know the answer to that question. I am creating a fun little workbook. It should be out by the time you listen to this. So check the show notes. It's called The Exit Strategy. If you're looking for a deeper dive as to how you can apply this particular process, and by process, I just mean like some real thought points, some questions, and then get the answers you need for you, individualized, customized by you, so that you know not just when you're going to change, but that you are safe to make the change. That is the only reason why we don't create the reality that we dream of is we simply don't feel safe to do that. Okay. So check the show notes, lots of resources there for you. Almost all of them are free exit strategy. I'm looking at like $27. I think there'll be a coupon for you for listening. Check the show notes. And with that, my friends, let's get into your exit strategy. I, as you know, I think this is now business 42 and 43 that I am launching. I am not the current owner of 43 different businesses. I am the current owner of seven. And by owner, I mean, I have interest in, (laughs) I am not handling the day-to-day operations. I am no longer a day-to-day ops girl. And that has 
that, that learning, that knowing has taken me a long time to get to. I'm going to share two current businesses that I am in the very tumultuous process of negotiating like my own ownership and contributions to. You've heard about them before. It's my financial consulting firm and the what we would fondly refer to as the church. Now, I think the last time I was like heavy, heavy talking about this was a whole year ago because I was in this process of trying to discern for myself what's the trigger what's the walk away? What's the investment? What's the stay? And I'm not the one that gets to make all of these decisions. So it was a full year ago with the financial consulting firm, the church, that project only shot across my brow about nine months ago. So I'm going to be like interweaving just different examples from both of those. And for the record, I'm still very much in the process of negotiation of both launch and like roll up, I suppose, that both of those businesses are going to exist with or without me. The question is, is what is my role within them? And how did I get to a place where I feel fucking awesome about disappointing people, about being the bad guy in different people's stories, about you know exiting stage left and essentially being perceived as a quitter? except for that, like I'm still very much involved, right? So it's just this really, really interesting evolution. Okay, so I had four different conversations with clients and then one really big conversation with my new business. I don't even wanna say partner because I'm gonna come in as leader in an existing structure and then I'm also creating another business around that. So I'm not even including the new business like in my fucking business count. And actually maybe I should start there. Why don't I still have 43 businesses and how could I possibly be bragging about that? It's this ability to discern. So I, my very first business was a partnership. And I think that's super normal for everybody because it feels really hard and scary to start your own business. It is a fuckload of responsibility for anyone out there. Who's like gotten a mortgage. It's akin to that. Like the first time you see hundreds of thousands of dollars in outgoings, as in you owe this money (laughs) and suddenly you have a, a much bigger debt to be paid monthly completely spins your brain out. Like your, your ego does not like that level of uncertainty. 30 years on a mortgage or what we often perceive as forever in terms of starting a new business also feels impossible. And those are like at a complete intersection of comfort. We, we don't like, you can't do something that's impossible yet you're doing it. It's completely paradoxical. And your fight or flight, freezer fawn response will 100% kick in. Now, for most of us, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've confronted this moment in some way, shape, or form. You've confronted a moment where your brain said, absolutely fucking not. This cannot be done. But yet your heart and soul knew you were going to step this out regardless of the of the fear And so you have that experience now to bolster you, to resource you, to look back upon and go, oh shit, I've done this. How did I get through it? So I am a yes person. I am a shoot first and ask questions later. I have learned over and over and over again that there's this certain frequency of thought and feeling that means I have to try this. Now, In that, I've also fallen over on my face over and over and over again. I've literally found myself on the sides of roads with like zero dollars, nothing on my persons being like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? Like, this is dangerous. This is ridiculous. This is 100% my fault. And yet I somehow, and knowing I'll figure this out, created safety, agency, 
structure, support, and resources for myself. I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. So yeah, I have a lot of practice. And that first partnership was the recording studio. And it actually ended well. Was it an easy end? No. The business partner and I worked together for a pretty solid seven years. And at the end of the day, I ended up saying yes to so many different businesses where it just felt like my strengths and my skill set and also the way that I wanted to work could be better honored. Now, that was a messy process. Trying to pull away from someone who was one of my closest friends, absolutely a professional confidant and peer, someone I deeply respected and who was very much the yin to my yang. I do tend to have, in terms of partnership, I like to find people that compliment me. And if you're not watching this, I'm using air quotes. Like what they do really well is not what I do well and vice versa. However, it means we do things really fucking differently. And if you don't have a really transparent way of communicating and a lot of trust in each other, it will get super sloppy. So in the recording studio, I had that mainly because I had no fucking brain to mouth filter from the day I was born up until maybe last week. (laughs) I, it never occurred to me to think about what was coming out of my mouth. And I would just tell everybody everything. And for the most part, I still do that. I am getting better now at just simply knowing like they might not be ready for everything right now. So give them as much information as they need in order to be as helpful as possible. But like the whole truth is not always helpful. Legitimately, I was like zero days old when I learned that. So the recording studio was really amazing. Uh, I had deep trust in my partner. We complimented each other perfectly. We literally did not do any, there was no overlap in our work. And I gave him complete creative freedom. I also gave him complete financial freedom. And then my job was to run the business, to crunch the numbers, to get the business in, to do all the legalities and negotiations and contracts. So I got a lot of practice with that. And this is 2003. So I've had a lot of practice with that. The second business, not so good, so much. That was the record label. And now there were three of us. The third person I brought in because I believed they had the network and the industry persona and perception that I lacked being a foreigner in a foreign country. And also, I mean, really just that, but like also just being a fucking nerd and being hyper fixated on work and results and not the marketing of it, the selling of it, the perception of it. And this relationship, um, I think the label, well, this particular part, the label lasted for about 10 years, but the partnership only lasted for three because I realized that the perception, the smoke and mirrors, the way that this individual did business was not ethical and they were inconsistent in the information that they were giving out. And I, I like, as soon as I realized this, it took me about six months to sort of gather the evidence. And, and that was this process What's the perceived change that needs to happen? Why does this need to happen? What's the impact that will need to happen? The whole exit strategy workbook will take you through this whole series of questions so that you cannot just go, okay, we're done now. And here's how it's going to work. Like, this is how we're all going to be safe in this. Because even when, and especially you guys know, this is why I love business. You can't just walk away from something. It will impact your ability to do things in the future. And it's always going to simply be a value conflict. Now, this might sound obvious. You're listening to this because you share values with me, but there are a lot of people out there doing business that honesty and integrity are not one of their like foundational priorities. <laughs> like The story that compels change 
is much more important to them. And they don't think they're lying. They don't think they're being fraudulent or think that they are misleading people. What they do believe in is that the power of the story that compels the change, i.e. the solution, you or me as the buyer, customer, receiver, whatever, like that change is, is what matters most. And whatever the fuck it takes to create that change is, is worth it. And so that was absolutely where this individual was operating from. I initially was like, you are stealing money and you are lying. But I realized they were doing that because they actually thought it was the best thing to do. It was how they could create this perception of celebrity, right? Of this is bigger than you can possibly imagine. And you want to be a part of this. There was a reason why people were so excited about this project. And it was because of the way he was spinning it. And initially it worked really well. But then as the, you know, the fish always gets bigger, like these stories get away from us. And then that's where you start to notice the inconsistencies, so on and so forth. So that one was challenging, but I had some anchors in terms of when someone fucking lies and that's a value for me or they steal money and that's like an actual business liability, it becomes a lot easier to walk away. It's like when someone cheats on you in a relationship. For some of us, that's a fucking deal breaker, right? And that like it gives you this anchor. And where things get really complicated and really hard is when you don't have a super villain in the story. It's just like winding to a close. So in the big failures, and, and I encourage you to do this, think about some of the times when you've done, you've ruminated and you've done that thing where you're like, fuck, I, you know, I really actually knew at this point, you know, I knew I, the, the writing was on the wall, the red flags were there. Like, what did that actually feel like? Go back to those moments that feeling is it's the same frequency and it's that subtle that you can ignore it. There's enough logical explanation that your ego takes over and goes, oh, no, no, no. And like essentially gaslights you, right? That's what I really hope to tease out in this exit strategy workbook that's linked in the show notes because it is, it takes like a deep level of curiosity. Not like, I don't even want to say inquiry because that kind of suggests like we're investigating something. Curiosity is just like, oh, there's that thing again. A lot of us have been through some shit. <laughs> We've been through the fucking ringer. It's it's challenging to know, are we having a trauma response and a non-traumatic experience or is this valuable information? And here's the thing, just because you see the red flag, just because you get the, the alarm bell goes off does not mean you have to cut and run. That can also suggest this is a moment for iteration and improvement. Again, that's where the exit strategy comes in. And I, and I say strategy, meaning like, you and the way that you operate is super duper fucking special. It's your secret sauce. So learning the difference between like, ah, it's a time to like bunker down. I'll kind of get into like the three takeaways. I hope that you can gather from this after listening to me jibber jabber. Um, I realized when I was like putting together the notes for this, this would probably be a little bit longer than maybe some of my other episodes because it is, it's such a powerful moment of awareness for you. And by kind of going through these exercises and these questions, you'll really start to notice that subtle difference. And you will also understand when you're done, when you're actually done. And by getting more familiar with your exit strategy, you'll be ready when you are. And so will everybody else. Okay. So 
I'm getting lost in the weeds of focus, BZ. The reason we don't make the we do the reason we don't call it quits is because of like the perceived cost, the perceived risk. Like typically in business, most especially, but even in life, it's because of like the financial investment, like what we're afraid of losing and what will people think. I'm actually going to talk about those in much more depth in different episodes because they are also their own very deep level of curiosity and based on where you're at and also based on what we're talking about. Because we could be talking about it like a product life cycle or a particular marketing strategy. We could be talking about a business. We could be talking about a relationship. Like, we could also just be talking about a way that we think about things or approach things like, you know, how you approach a particular meeting or conversation. I refer to like how I've never actually thought about what comes out of my mouth. I am shifting that now because there's a lot of fucking reasons why. And so that's just an approach. Like I can feel it now when I'm in conversation with people like, shh, busy, stop, pull back, <laughs> pull up. You're getting too low. <laughs> Sorry, Top Gun joke. I... I'm continually iterating and improving because I am a shoot first, ask questions later. And like cleaning up the mess at this point in my experience has gotten too costly and too timely. I used to be very happy with it. Now I have to pay other people to do it for me. So like, I should really think about that. Right. So there's going to be, I'm still playing with the, with the numbers or sorry, with the name of it. I did a big YouTube video on it about the recession and recession proofing your business. I did that for clickbait. See, this is me being fully transparent, but there's something in a very few specific set of data points that you can have in life and in business that just let you know it's time to make a change. And it's when we don't have clarity on what those data points are that we're not sure about the money. We're not sure about the finances. You know, budgeting has always felt restrictive, but like there's a few things you can look at in your patterning that will suggest like, uh Oh, pull up, you're getting too low. Right? Like, so I'm going to have a little episode about that. I'm playing with the name. It's going to be something about like recession progression or recession renovation. I don't know. You know, me and my alliterations. The other one is definitely going to be about like this concept of boundaries and boundaries within yourself how you can disappoint people, how you can continually rebuild. And I'd say re in like parentheses, but build your boundaries because that has a lot to do with your exit strategy as well. The first person you need to trust is you. And for all of us who stuck around way too long, who've been the last one at the party, who were fucking hoarding or getting greedy about the investments that we've made. And that kept us from just walking away from something that's a boundary issue. And ultimately we don't trust ourselves to keep ourselves safe, which is like where shit starts to get really messy. And then of course it's going to be messy with other people or expectations or agreements that we make, right? Because we don't like trust ourselves to know what the end is, AKA the boundary. Whew. Deep breath, BC. I, I, I'm, I'm drinking coffee like actually every day now. <laughs> so I feel like I've set a really safe boundary with myself though. It's, I won't get into the maker of the, actually I should, I should like get sponsorship by them. Bones from Florida of all places. The coffee is amazing. I have one cup and yeah, it's, I have it 60 to 90 minutes after I wake up. That's an Andrew Huberman trick. All the biohackers are doing it. Like there's something about a chemical that your brain releases you to literally like signal it's time to wake up. That needs to be cleared from your body. And then like having a cup of coffee, a lot, like it just, it, it interacts with the chemistry in your body completely differently and you don't get a crash. You can probably tell, you probably didn't need to one five times this episode with how quickly I'm speaking. You're welcome. 
Okay. So, so your exit strategy, first things first, like I said, there's only, there's one reason you're not making the change and it's the perceived risk. So just think about what is the, and this is, I love this way of thinking. I go through this with my clients. So here's a free freebies for you, just like NicoleBZ.com forward slash free BZ freebies. There's a lot in there. Anywho, you are not making a change because of the benefit of maintaining the status quo, staying the same, or the perceived cost slash risk of the current situation. That's like the why you'd want to change. Do the same thing for the change, the perceived benefit, and also the perceived cost or risk. So you're going to have like a little like four square, you know, quadrant thing going on with like benefit, cost, stay the same, change. Ta-da! That's going to get it out. I'm not even going to get into examples because, well, okay, no, I will just to like, cause it's a visual exercise and I'm kind of walking you through it. So like, think about like moving, right? Moving, let's say moving, yeah, physically moving location. So the cost moving costs, try, you know, having to pay a new deposit on a home, selling your home, taking the time to pack everything up, having to get rid of everything. I hate getting rid of everything. I'm going to miss all of my people. I don't know if I'm going to like the new place. Like blah, 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 blah. Benefit. I get to go through all of my things. I really want to move. I I could get a new place. I could get a better place. I could get a bigger place, so on and so forth. Now, on the other side, it's going to be the perceived benefits of the change. So that would be, I get to be somewhere new. I'm tired of where I am. I, I get to make new friends. I could be closer to my workspace. I could be closer to friends and family. I could be more in nature. I could be more in the city. I could be closer to public transport, like all of the benefits of actually moving. And then the the costs of moving. Um, I will miss this situation. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a better spot. I could invest a bunch of time and energy into something and not even like it. What happens if I hate the new move? What happens if my neighbors suck? What happens if my new landlord or HOA suck? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So now we've got these four data points. I'm about to give it all away as I always do. The secret is you minimize risk. Ta-da! Look at the perceived cost of the status quo of staying the same and the perceived cost of the change. If you can reduce those potentially to zero, you will have your answer. Now, how do we do this? <laughs> like, you pause. For anyone that's been paying attention, I just got off social media. I thought it was going to be two weeks. It's now been three, three weeks on the nose. And for anyone who's really been paying attention, a year ago, I bet it all on black. A year ago, I actually changed, this is internally, this is what I'm talking about in terms of my own process. Actually, it's an interesting thing to share as I'm speaking it, I'm realizing it. In my own mind, I changed my job description from you know 21st century CEO coach to content creator. It felt very much like a demotion. It was embarrassing and shameful. I then, in January of this year, at the beginning of this year, so 10 months, 11 months ago, I changed my job title to influencer. Now, that felt straight up like everything I'd ever rallied against. But I realized if I didn't embrace the cringe, if I didn't become the thing that I feared the most... I wouldn't truly know my ability to navigate this online space. And I had been the previous two years toying with this idea of, do you need social media? How are these tools useful in your business? Like just, you know, I was shotgun spraying 
value across all platforms, which is absolutely a strategy. But what that strategy showed me most unfortunately is what works is you bet it all on black. You go all in on one platform and you make it your job, not just creating content, but engaging in content, becoming a participant in other people's profiles and spaces and ecosystems. And you know, really focusing on relationship creation in the digital world and doing that by educating myself, by humbling myself, by becoming the beginner again. And it, you know, the worst thing is with some of my strategies is they work, but fast forward a year and I hit this impasse. Now, granted, there have been again, tectonic shifts in the way that these social media platforms have been working. We're also seeing the creation of a completely different way of engaging online that has been, don't get me wrong, it's been around for 10 years, the blockchain and Web3 and smart contracts and NFTs and and really gaining traction about five years ago. And I started noticing all of these different opportunities that no one was talking about. But I second-guessed myself because I, I again, in, in stepping into this concept of being an influencer, for me to step into the space of being a Web3 expert, I didn't feel like I was allowed to. So I had to embrace, I didn't have to, I chose to embrace this persona of expert. And what would happen if there were these businesses and these solutions that were creating, that were these visionary opportunities I could see, but it didn't seem like anyone else was certainly talking about, let alone creating. And... That exploration is ongoing. That's all happening in real time in the Discord container. But I had to take a pause a couple of weeks ago and go, once again, bet it all on black. Go all in on your Web3 business. Go all in on becoming an expert. Go all in on the new platform that you want to explore and let everything else go. It's like, it's the end. Now, what I find so powerful about a dramatic pause, a pregnant pause is probably a better way of thinking about it, is we get so caught in the binary, right? It's either or. This is the end. And this is what I spend a lot of time talking about with my clients this week and my my new business cohort. The end by no means has to be the end. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to like cut the cord, you know, cut the umbilical cord. That doesn't mean that like, oh, I'm not going to get into that analogy. Sorry, that was going to get really dark really fucking fast. But in releasing attachment to what we perceive as being the only way, we create so many more room for activities. And by me saying, I'm going all in on this and I'm I'm ending this other thing, I knew, I knew based on experience, it's not the end. It's just giving me permission to think about it in a completely different way. And that's how I'm going to create my new success strategy. That's how I'm going to discover how to relate to the tools I've been using in my businesses to create a synergistic strategy that feels doable instead of overwhelming, that feels impactful instead of impossible, that feels interesting and inspiring instead of infuriating. That pause also shows you what you're hoarding, what you're being greedy about. Like I've invested so much time in doing it this one way for 12 months and it was so successful, but all of a sudden it's not working anymore. And I used to think that meant it's my fault that I'm not doing it right. It could be that. So take the pause and pretend it's the end to give yourself an opportunity to see like what stories show up. What do you tell yourself it means? I told myself I would be throwing away all of the work I'd done over the last 12 months. I told myself I would be destroying everything that I had created. I told myself that these 
investments that I've made, both financial and um, energetic, would be a complete waste. And once again, I'd be fucking it all up and failing at another business. Obviously, none of that's true. And first and foremost, my friend, if taking a two-week break results in all of that, like something very fucked up is happening, right? So I've spent the last two weeks really hacking this whole new level of fear and of scarcity that I I tell myself I've graduated from over and over and over again. But like I'm getting full body buzzing right now because of how freeing it's been. And like the ideas, like I don't even know. This is where this is so like in real time right now, I want to share all of the things with you. I haven't solidified them, but let's just say I've been asked now to present on three different panels as an expert in Web3. I'm being asked to go to one of the pinnacle art and and blockchain events in the world to partner with one of the biggest influencers, one of the biggest asset holders, and in partnership and potentially ownership of one of the most ethical and visionary projects I've discovered on Web3. And that happened in the last two weeks. And I am being asked to do these things. I've not sought it out. I've not applied for it. I've not created this opportunity. I literally just took a step back. I had to shift. I had to let go of everything I was holding on to. One of the other things that's come back up now is this financial consulting firm. So I took a a step back from the day-to-day operations over a year ago. I moved into a strategic leadership position where I am essentially acting like the board of directors. Now this is my this is like my actual superpower and this is where I love to be in business. It's very hard because I used to be the one that did all of the things. And I, like actually I'm really really good at doing all of the things. But I like to do it my way. And so in walking away from the you know and theoretically walking away, I felt like I was quitting and believe me, I was accused of a lot of different things because I did change my trajectory. I pivoted. I pivoted dramatically from what I committed to, from what I had been doing for 18 months in that business because it just didn't feel right anymore. It was that level of discernment that I said, you know, and I kept iterating and improving. I kept iterating and improving. I kept iterating and improving, but yet nothing that I could do satisfied the other players. And so then I said, I'm just going to take a big step back. And in doing that, so much success and so much opportunity came through the door. And that business was able to thrive. Sometimes we're the bottleneck, my friend, especially when you're the leader and owner in the business. So by giving your business time to breathe, even if that means it's a pause, like it for all intensive purposes, it feels like nothing is happening in air quotes you'll be really surprised what happens when that baby takes its first breath and starts screaming and goes, you know, walk about and suddenly as a child and then a teenager and off to university and like completely successful on their own. When you put the right foundations in place, when you put the right supports and the right resources in place, like it will take on a life of its own. And my, in my purview from that's the type of business I want to run is a business that doesn't need me anymore. But oh gosh, the ego and attachment and like, I'm not needed. It's been a really big exploration. It will get messy but because it's just going to look different. It looks different than what you expect. We always perceive that change, that unknown things doing like happening differently than you would do them as messy. Like, and it, 
like just, just relabel that as different. It's just different. That's where the surprise can happen. Now it's fucking uncomfortable. And what we, my default is like the worst is going to happen. I need a contingency plan and thank the gods. I have enough of my own resources in place that one of my mentors and guides, guides is probably a better term in this instance, pointed out to me, like, what are you trying to get ahead of? Like, it feels like you're spending a lot of energy right now just trying to get ahead of something that hasn't happened. And yes, we need risk plans. Yes, we need strategies. Yes, we need contingencies, like especially in like money and budgeting. But like, then like you gotta be okay with that. It's like, what are you saving money for? At some point you hit your target and then you get to start investing and then you get to start being really fucking risky with it. So I had to get very real with myself. Like, what was I trying to get ahead of and why? And in the financial consulting firm, it was like this business used me. It got the very best of me. I set it up perfectly. And now I have to take a step back. I have to trust the people who do things very differently than me and who I, you know, honestly, like I disapprove of the way things are happening, but what if that could still be okay? And so in letting it go, I'm now in the process again of renegotiating what this partnership and an ownership structure looks like, and I'm not in charge of it. In a week, we're going to have another meeting, and that's going to update the operating agreements. And I very much could be walking away from hundreds of thousands of dollars of financial and energetic investment because it's just no longer the right fit. Now, if that business still wants to fit in with the way that I work, we'll figure it out. And I'm super excited about whatever is going to happen. And I'm on the best terms with the people that I'm negotiating with. Like we're friends, we're confidants, we're able to now utilize each other's strengths and weaknesses to partner and refer business. And it's just not going to look the way that it used to. And that's like, it could be an end. But in my allowing it to come to an end, I think it's actually just going to be the beginning of something really fucking cool. And like this new business that I keep talking about, where everybody gets to benefit, where everybody gets to share ownership, where it evolves as its own entity. And it's no longer this hierarchical corporate, like strategized structure. It's like this living, breathing, evolving thing that is actually in charge of itself. And we're just sort of humble stewards. The same thing happened in the church project. So I was heavily involved in the investor, investor prospectus, the feasibility study, the business planning, the marketing planning, the financing. And six months into it, the, the, you know, we got a lot of kit people like chefs in the kitchen. I mean, just, just getting all of those players in place. This is a multi, multi-million dollar development project. And we're bringing in a lot of different players and there's, there's going to be three different businesses in this project. And the way that I like to do things I learned from the financial consulting firm is okay. I get to do things my way. If I'm going to be the one that is signing the dotted line, who is taking the risk, who's investing the bulk of the funds, I'm going to be putting millions of my own dollars into something. It gets to happen the way I want it to happen. And that wasn't happening. And so I had a very real, very transparent conversation with the primary investors. And I said, I'm going to be taking a step back. I absolutely believe in this project. I'm going to position who I believe is truly the best leader and visionary in this, the founder as the CEO. 
I will contribute my finances, but I'm going to look at this from an investor's perspective. So you now bring me the, uh, the evolved investment prospectus, and then I'm going to be able to give you an answer. From that moment on, everything unfolded. Like the more investors came on board, city, the city grant came on board, the development came on board. Like it's, it's moving at a pace that I hadn't seen in eight months. And it, it was me getting out of the way. It was me white knuckling my own need for control and ownership and let and just letting go of the reins. And I'm, you know, lucky perhaps, you know, I don't believe in luck, but what I was prepared was for an opportunity I couldn't predict. And I'll wrap up this, the second point here. That's, I think where we get fucked up in this like end is we perceive it as being like the worst case scenario, or we're planning on the worst case scenario. What if you actually plan on the best case scenario? What if you put enough contingencies and risk mitigation scenarios in place? And then what you actually plan on is the best thing happening. Maybe something you couldn't even predict to happen. And like, yeah, you steer towards like the positive outcome instead of the negative outcome. So lastly, I, I, I just want to wrap this up by saying all of this, almost 98.9% of everything I just shared with you happens in your mind. The only thing that happens outside of that is that first hit of, oh, 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 this could be the end. I'm getting that, you know, red flag alarm. Let's call it something else. Like, what about if it's your alarm clock? Like, wake up. It's time to get up. It's time to make a move. It's time to start your day. Like, it's time to start the new thing. Like, what if that is actually what this is all about? Is you get that reminder that this could be the beginning. And the story that you're telling yourself is everything. Like, people will hate me. I'll be the bad guy. I'm going to lose all this money. All of this time I've invested. There's so much will be lost if I make this change. Like, all of those perceived costs and risks of making the change. What if they're not true? I've said this, you know, this is Byron Katie's The Work. How true is the story? Do I know it to be 100% fact? Who am I without the story? What actions would I take without the story? To circle back, I think the three, the three things like, why did I, why, what do I want you to hear in all of this jibber jabber? Cause I, I think I went kind of like all over the place with this, but the reason we don't change is we're afraid. So when you get that reminder, give yourself some space, whatever that looks like. I've talked about this a lot. I I get like, usually like it's a date for me. I'm going to give myself this much time where I just stop worrying about this and I see what happens. I'm going to give myself X amount of weeks or up until this, this specific time to say, pause, I'll let anybody know that's affected by it. Like, Hey, I'm just going to shift gears for a moment. I'm going to be focusing on this. You know, I'm going all in on this project or this proposal or this research. I'm going to need this amount of time. I'll check back in as we get closer to it. If I think I need more time or if I think, um, you know, things are going to change and just pause, give yourself that space to really explore your stories, to explore your exit strategy. Okay. And then from there you get to test it. You get to test whatever it is that you come up with. It's going to feel a certain way. It's going to sound a certain way. You're going to get to share it a certain way. That's one of the things I go through in the exit strategy is like who else will be impacted by this? Because for the most part, we're usually afraid of what are we going to lose and what will people think? 
I think that's it. I think that's all I got. I could keep jibber jabbering, but that's also something I'm working on, right? <laughs> it's like, how much do I have to pat it? If you're still listening, my friend, I adore you. Thank you. Can I ask you something though? Can you review this? I have so few reviews for how many listeners I have. So if you think someone else is reviewing, um, yeah, maybe, maybe give it a star. Uh, a few words would be so greatly appreciated. Share this with someone that you might think could benefit from it. And you know where to find me in the Discord container. I will eventually be back on socials. I'm going to be going all in on YouTube. And um, I'm really excited about that platform. Obviously, I'm really great at talking. And so sharing that with you is going to be just a really new way of engaging. I'm definitely bringing all of my Web3 stuff. Stay tuned. There's some really big announcements coming from me. And uh, I'm not trying to build hype. I don't like it when people talk about shit that hasn't happened yet. I know that's like marketing 101. But for me to, I don't make empty promises. So I will be announcing as soon as I get the trademark application in. And uh, that's really all I'm waiting for in terms of the Web3 business, but also some of these like partnerships and um, just confirmations on the new structures and all the fun things I'm working on. I want some like, tangible things, not just uh, jibber jabber about it. So I think, is that it? Is this the end? Check the show notes, exit strategy, links to the other podcasts for free resources. I can link to that unhappy, happy endings blog as well. Another fantastic free resource for you. And yeah. Oh, you know, you know where to find me. Hello at Nicole BZ. The Discord container is really where you're going to find me. Find me. Um, email is not my favorite form of communication. In fact, of all of the forms of communication, it is my least favorite. So hop into the Discord if you want to get me. It's it's a really small, really beautiful, really intimate community right now. And I am super happy with it. So I'm in there every day. I um, am my most whole real self in there as well. <laughs> I uh, am not taking, you know, I'm not telling the same story about being having to be polished and intentional and purposeful about all of the things. It's like me in real time. I'm also stepping out collective readings in there. You'll either know what that means or not. But yeah, there's some fun little bots that make some art, do some some cool things. Okay. Now I feel like I'm just bobbering for the sake of bobbering. I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you want to talk about. Let me know what questions you have. And I love you. 